0: This is such a beautiful time of the year. It's fall. I hear you're going to the fair more.
1: Yeah. Have you been to the fair yet? No. It is uh, it is such a cool privilege of living in North Texas Amen. to get to go down to Fair Park in Dallas. Absolutely. And go to the fair. I mean, I love the food, especially. I love the uh, getting to see the farm animals. I love getting to see the crafts. I love the car show. You see all kind of the next the cars that are out now and the next generation of cars. And then there's rides there if you, you want know. to take that in. Well, especially you
0: know? for your kids. I mean, they're going yeah. to enjoy the kiddie rides. I you know? mean,
1: I, uh, I'm really excited about it. It's been actually been, I think it's been a couple of years since we've gone. And although I really intend to make it an annual thing because it's so much fun. And it really kind of, to me, it kind of, it kind of kicks off fall. Yeah. You know, it is fall to yeah. me. The fair is fall. Right. And then, uh, and then I'm an OU guy, and OU beat Texas. So right. the fair, there's always reminders about yeah. OU Texas or Texas OU for those of you. That and are you know,
0: as I was saying to our producer Vino's here, uh, we really do have a great fair. I'm, I've lived in several states, and it's lauded as one of the biggest and best. And I know for you. Uh, seeing it through the eyes of your children is even going to bring another perspective this
1: year. So that's really, really yeah. cool. And and back to the Texas fans, you got a great young quarterback coming up there. So uh, I, uh, I'm i concerned, I think. <laughs> OU may may have a couple of losses on their horizon over the next few years as he matures. Yeah, I hate to bring this up,
0: but are they still rated OU now for the uh, couple they of losses? Are,
1: they fell off because they, they got upset by Iowa State, but um, yeah. uh, pulling it out against Texas, which, Texas wasn't, I don't think, supposed to play that close because they weren't ranked. But uh, that hurt him probably a little bit. But they're still in the mix because they only have one loss. So
0: they could go to the playoffs still and everything. They still could. All right. Well, I hope so for... You, although we talked about that on a podcast, we're not emotionally attached anymore to right. the degree where it upsets us. Right?
1: Don't hold it against me. I am a Dallas Cowboys fan and Texas Rangers fan. Yeah, so I, I
0: am too. Me. I am too. I am too. All right.
1: Oh, Army! Don't forget Army. Oh yeah, Army. Army's we can't number one. Army. That's my undergraduate. And your Army. wife's Baylor. Go Army! Beat Navy. Yeah. And my wife's Baylor. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I was asking my kids yesterday. Or I was asking my son. Who's your favorite team? You know, trying to get it to see if he's picked out (laughs) one. Trying to goad your
0: wife. And he said,
1: the red team.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very good. That was a very politically correct statement. I don't think he was trying to be, but. No, I like that. All right. Well, Lance, the last couple of weeks, we have done some pretty intense radio shows on discipleship. And uh, this is really on my heart. Um, It's on my heart in the sense of. the elementary principles that are being talked about in the word that create discipline. And I won't go into that today. Listen at totally transformedradio.com if you want to hear former series from the radio show, but you know, meditating on the word, spending time in the presence of the Lord, fasting, uh, making him Lord, seeking him first, spending time early in your day, walking in the things of the spirit This is what happens supposedly when you're saved. And I just, it's on my heart so much because I realize the strategy of the enemy to come in behind salvation and wound people uh, through the home, the church, and the school so that they are trying to self-medicate and look to counterfeit offers of Satan to fulfill themselves and to alleviate the pain. I was listening to someone yesterday on, on a show that was in so much emotional pain that she would cut herself and considered taking scissors and stabbing at her eyes so she would not be able to see the atmosphere around her. And she actually said, when I feel physical pain, it relieves the inward pain. That's deep, and that's real. So we have been talking about that and the necessity of what those elements are. Go back and pick up those shows if you need to. Uh, Today, we want to bring it home in a little bit different way. Uh, in the sense that because we're disciples, we're passing on the baton to the next generation, to your kids, to our grandchildren, of either righteousness or not. Uh, you have a choice. I had a choice, even though I came from a very wounded past, to seek the Lord and and get healing and and your dad and continue to press in the Lord so the generational sins and those things would not be passed down to you as much as possible Um, but I had a choice. I had a choice to keep walking in those patterns and we have that choice. Even if we haven't had a great foundation, we have that choice. If we have had a great foundation and today we want to talk about some scriptures that verify that you want to talk about some steps and principles on how you do that. And I just want to say one other thing. Um, I was telling you on the way out, uh, I walked out of my house today and saw a load of elementary and secondary school kids getting on the bus and started weeping. Um,
1: The reason was that uh, as you explained it, since this is uh, still emotional for you, is that you just felt like those children were being really turned over to the enemy. Um, And this is not a condemnation at all uh, to anyone who, sends their kids off to, uh, to public school because recognize that that's what a lot of people do. And some people uh, feel that they have to do that just even financially. But the fact of the matter is, is that the influence today in the public school is very anti-God. Yeah. And kids today are being influenced in that way. And so if that is your situation, you have to be ultra vigilant on the home front. to be combating that yeah, um, because it's a very real and very powerful influence in every child's life that goes to a public school where God is not allowed to uh, be talked about or engaged with.
0: And such a change from the foundational schools of this nation, public school and even secondary schools, they were Bible seminaries, Harvard, Yale, all the original universities trained ministers originally. So we've gone so far, but you made a pretty profound comment back to me in the discussion. You said the home church and the school is a threefold cord and the Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. So definitely a strategy of the enemy to weaken, dilute. Parents are not necessarily responsible. Uh, it's, it's a systematic thing that, you know, has been a slow bleed through humanism and a lot of other things. But anyway, we want to continue to talk about today, offsetting that and being the difference to our listening audiences, parents, et cetera.
1: We really want to talk about, and what I think we'll call this show is a captive audience. Okay. How do you take advantage of the captive audience that you have in your home?
0: I've gotten it clear uh, that your children are your only true disciples. And we've maybe said that on the radio before. They come in innocent, pretty much with a blank slate, although with an Adamic nature. And their hearts are absolutely turned toward you. They depend on you. They need you. They uh, thrive on your attention or the lack thereof. They're innocent. They're a blank slate. I, a book I love. Children are wet cement by Anne Ortland. I've never heard such an apt description. You think of wet cement, everything you do, everything you say, everything you are can be imprinted on them. And that has to be not a guilt trip or a condemnation trip. We're all imperfect. We're all sinners saved by grace. The only thing you have to do is live real Christianity and apologize. If you miss it, because sanctification is a lifetime
1: process, and that will happen. Yes. If you've never apologized to your child, then you just you need to start. You're walking in pride, <laughs> yeah, because because we are all uh, mistake prone. I know I've apologized to my children many times. Absolutely, as to
0: you, and, I'm still apologizing. To yeah, you. <laughs> and I
1: and I ask, and you know, one of the things we do is we don't just. I don't even like the word apology. We say I'm sorry. And then we say, do you forgive me? Right. And then we wait yeah. and, and say, do you forgive and wait till they say, I forgive you, daddy. Yeah. And make sure that it, it's an action. And, and they may not fully understand yet that process, but we're at least training them in that. that Look, I need to consider that the person offended me right. and that I am now forgiving them. It's not a one sided apology. It's yeah. a. It's a two sided affair to make sure that their heart is clear back towards you.
0: And I'm sure you're going to cover this in in these principles, even in discipline and how that's an important piece of discipline. But also, let me mention to the listening audience another great book, Key to Your Child's Heart by Gary Smalley, because here's the progression with your children or anybody hurt, anger, resentment, bitterness, rebellion. We address the rebellion. We address the hardness in our children or anybody else. But we don't consider that they're hurt. We don't humble ourselves. We don't say, have I hurt you? Have I offended you? Have I missed it? I'm sorry, mommy and daddy, forgive me if I have. He gives 84 ways in that book we offend our children, <laughs> if that's encouraging for anybody <laughs> here, hear. Um, little things like, you know, just ignoring them. I mean, you know, we are people.
1: We are clay, uh, we are busy and, and frankly, we're, we're trying to make a living Absolutely. as parents. We're trying to be Absolutely. providers where we've got responsibilities. Yeah. We, we got to pay the bills. That's and, it. And, and then there's the whole thing of, well, and I need uh, relaxation time. Too, there you right? go. Yeah. And it's so easy to walk over them or, uh, you know, miss them. Correct. Or ignore them uh, because of very real and good things that we're looking after. Yeah. But it really does require us to be intentional and just stop and say, yes, I need to get to that thing that I'm working on right now. Or I need to get to that email or I need to answer that text message. But I'm going to stop right now and hear what my child's heart needs.
0: And what's so cool is that if you're a genuine Christian, you recognize that Jesus forgives you. Right. And if you live that out, your children will forgive you. He doesn't require us to be perfect. He requires us to have a perfect heart. That means we're not walking in known sin without repentance, chronic sin, and we're not holding offense. We're at least releasing our reactions and forgiving our offenders, forgiving ourselves, even though sanctification is a process and healing for wounds is a process. So they'll they'll take that all day long. They're so kind, and receptive if you're genuine. And so get that book if you're having some problems with your children. You know, he says if he gives a big picture of an octopus in the beginning of the book, because an octopus has a soft underbelly, and if you poke it in a soft underbelly, guess what? He'll bring all of his tentacles inside, because he's trying to protect himself. As an analogy, that if you hurt anybody, they're going to put up a wall. They're going to shut down.
1: So if you're, it follows then that if you're seeing um, maybe uh, behavior where your child is acting out or you can tell that their heart is turned away from you or uh, they're cold towards you, no matter what their age is, it probably means you just need to sit down with them and say, what is your, what does your heart need right now? Is there anywhere that I've missed it as a daddy or a mommy, as your mom or your dad, depending on their age? um is there anything that i've done recently to to offend you or hurt you and right. be willing to hear it and don't be not. and don't be defensive that's the correct. thing right when yeah. they, when they say well actually the other day when you when you told me to go to my room you yelled at me and We yeah. can't you can't be like i didn't yell at you i was just trying to get you to do what i said right like we got to hear it <laughs> yeah the, they may not be 100% correct in their evaluation of right and wrong but we still have to walk through it with them say look if the way i talked to you offended you i'm sorry i am your leader I am going to discipline you that's part of it I'm trying to save you from consequences in the future by teaching you lessons now but if it was the way that I said it that was wrong I am sorry do you forgive me
0: and restoring them after the discipline you know receiving them back just like Jesus does and your wife one time said something really cool she said she asked one of your kids what they needed your oldest and she said mommy I just need to blow bubbles with you right now what a what a great answer (laughs) All she needed was to blow bubbles with mommy right now. You know, that's the way she expressed it. Right. Isn't so they, they went and blew bubbles. That's right. Outside. That's right. All right. I want to uh, start with a reference in Psalm 78. This is the Amplified. And then Lance, you've got some points that you want to share about what to do um, in passing on a righteous baton rather than an unrighteous. But give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. This is one through eight. Psalm
1: 78, did uh, you say that? I think so. Okay.
0: I will open my mouth in a parable in instruction by numerous examples. I I just love the Amplified. I will utter dark sayings of old that hide important truth, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. Hopefully, some of you haven't had fathers that told you. you got to get it straight from the father or a church father or some kind of mentor. Mentor, we will not hide them from their children, but we will tell to the generation to come the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord in his might and the wonderful works that he has performed. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, commanding our fathers that they should make the great facts of God's dealing with Israel, which is God's dealing with us, Christ through Christ, known to their children that the generation to come may know them that the children still to be born might arise and recount them to their children, that they might set their hope in God, not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their hearts aright nor prepared their hearts to know God and whose spirits were not steadfast and faithful to God. Right there, you have the contrast. You have a choice to be stubborn and rebellious, to replicate the generations before you, Or take a new day
1: and do it God's way. And it's one or the other. It is. It's no, there's no true middle ground. Well, we think there is. We think there is, but there's there's really not as far as the child's ultimate destiny.
0: Well, and how do we know that? Because Revelation 2 says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Pretty clear.
1: I have the New King James version up uh, on my phone here, but I love how verse six talks about the multi-generational impact of this choice. Correct. Verse six says in the New King James that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God going into verse seven. Amen. And so, in other words, our choices here are going to impact what our children say to their children. And therefore, we essentially look through or impact through our children to the next generation past them based on what we do with the current living children in our lives.
0: In fact, the word says the sins of the fathers can be visited on the third and fourth generations, children's children's children. Visited, one time, Pastor Robert Morris pointed out, doesn't mean it has to alight. It depends on those parents' choices, but righteousness by the fathers and mothers is to a thousand generations that is like through to eternity as far as i can
1: see yeah i mean if there was ever an opportunity to to engage in time travel yeah real and truly i mean this is in in some ways a way to do that as far as being to being able to reach into the future and impact people yet to be born even when you're not here today.
0: i yeah. mean is that like exciting What you live, what you do, what you say
1: through your children can live on. And really the captive audience here, like you said, is our children. They're captive because they live in your house. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have access to them basically 24 hours a day. There you go. Minus times when they're at school or, or doing other activities. Right. But most significantly, you have access to them when they wake up. And when they go to sleep, right, and then times in between, Deuteronomy, so, right, yeah, yeah. So three things that you can do today to take advantage of the captive audience that you have in your home, uh, in your children. Number one, involve them in your devotional times. Mm. Uh, I think lots of times maybe we think about devotional times as okay, I got to, I got to get away with God and be by myself with God. And while that is absolutely true, we need undistracted times with the Lord, especially if you have young children, they don't know yet about any sort of invisible boundary around that devotional time. Right. Right. So they'll come into the room and they'll jump on top of me, for example, (laughs) Uh, or, you know, they'll, they'll just engage you in conversation right in the middle of prayer time. Right. Yeah. And so it could
0: be annoying, but not if you see the real purpose. If you see
1: that, in fact, there is an opportunity to involve them in your devotional. Correct. To say, oh, honey, I'm actually I'm praying right now. Do you want to pray with me? Yeah. And, you know, they may say no.
0: Yeah. Or they may run back away. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I just do it anyway. Yeah. I say, all right. And so I just go on with wherever I'm at in my praying Um, sometimes I'll turn it, you know, and, uh, pray for them specifically. So they hear me praying and they're hearing over them. Um, and if it's time to read the Bible, um, I'll read it with them. Uh, actually this very morning, uh, I was having my devotional time in the living room. My son comes downstairs, he's three years old and, uh, you know, he greets me and I greeted him and he, he got on the couch with me and, um, you know, I had in my mind that I was going to read the Bible, like you know, like chapters out of the Bible, uh, according to my reading plan. But I thought, you know what I'm gonna do today? I'm just going to open up the kids Bible app on my phone and we're just going to go through a, a Bible story or two. Cool. So we did, he wanted to do Daniel in the lion's den. Yep. So we did actually a different one than that first. Cause he's read and heard Daniel in the lion's den many, many, many times. He right. loves it, which that's another thing. You know, we have a tendency, I, I do to say, Oh, we've read that one a thousand times. Let's do something new. But remember, with children, right. repetition is key. Absolutely. And if they've keyed in on a particular story and they want to read it over and over and over again, do it. Read it as many times as they want to. So anyway, we went to a different story, read that one, and then we came back and did Daniel in the Lion's Den. And I didn't read any, you know, quote unquote, adult chapters of the mm-hmm. Bible this morning. I read kids Bible <laughs> stories, but for the opportunity I had to minister to his heart and then, you know, I can obviously get tons out of the stories that I read, even though it was in Maybe a kid's more, cartoon form. Sometimes. Maybe more. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I had a real, you know, that brings up an interesting point. <laughs> the other day, reading my kid's Bible. Mm hmm. To my child, mm-hmm. I had a realization about the exchange of Barabbas for Jesus in front of Pontius Pilate that I had never put together before. I believe
0: it. Absolutely.
1: Because the kid's Bible brought out, you know, hey, did you know that this is a representation when the people chose for Barabbas, who was a criminal, mm-hmm. to be released instead of Jesus. And, to, and the crowd chose Jesus to be crucified instead of Barabbas, who was, I believe, a murderer. Right. Yeah. That it, the, the way the kids Bible put it is that that is a representation of that. We are Barabbas. We are the murderer that should have been crucified, but wow. Jesus never was crucified. And so you never That's thought of revelation. that either, right? No. But that was out of the kids That's Bible. Great. So anyway, I just thought that was cool. It's like, man, it doesn't matter. It's the word of God on whatever level. But anyway, back to involving them in your devotion. I want to just say a couple of so principles, key.
0: too, about what you're saying. With children, things are caught. They're taught, but they're also caught. And what you just explained there is your son catching your consecration, your process, all that. You live it. You're living it, number one. And then, you know, we have the saying uh, parents often say, do what I say, not what I do. It should be do what I do and say, but you're doing it. You know, that means the world, you know, for not just the Bible, but reading.
1: Well, it really helps in a couple of years when I, when we start, you know, saying with him, hey, you need to start having some times with the Lord, right. you know, uh, for him to have seen that. I think that'll only help Let alone loving to, to read. It. Right. Because you're reading. Right. Right. Okay. Number two, things you can do today. Number two is take advantage of captive audience times yep. like car time. Huh. You know, car yeah. time, it's really easy to flip on the radio, yeah. right? Yeah. When your kids are in the back. Right. It's easy to flip on the radio, it's easy to get lost in your own thoughts, it's easy to try to placate them with, you know, something on the TV screen or on your phone or whatever or music. Um but I think it's important to think about and be intentional about, okay, in this car right now we've got a 20-minute car ride. Let's engage them in at least a little bit of conversation about the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll just really just start thinking about, okay, what can we talk about? So the other day I just said Caleb, he's my son. Did you know that Jesus is the Son of God? You know, very simple, like yeah. something we all get and understand as adults. We but think. they're just get they're just starting to get Correct. it right. Yeah, and uh, I think I asked him who is Jesus first. Yeah, and and listen to his response to see what he's picked up so far. Right, and uh, he didn't have it all right, no. you know. So it was no. an opportunity for me to say you know, Jesus is God's son. And he, then he started talking about, remember he's three. Yeah. He said, now there's, there's Jesus and there's another Jesus or something like that. I said, no, there's only one Jesus. (laughs) He's, you know, and he's so, so it's an opportunity again with him as a captive audience to clear up any potential misunderstandings that you have when you're thinking with a, a, a child's mind. Yeah. Um, to pass on the, the se- essential truths of the Word of God and what we need to know as believers. And who doesn't have the concept of the Trinity,
0: three in one, one in three, is a, strong, is a deep concept. One time somebody said to me, explain it like an apple. You have the skin, you have the meat, you have the core. So they're individual persons, but they're all unique.
1: I think it was Tony Evans said the other day, it's like a pretzel. You know, you have one pretzel, but you have three holes. Oh, that's you know? good. I that didn't that. Was that was a good yeah, one, too. Yeah,
0: that's a good one, too. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. And then number three, again, three things you can do today to take advantage of the captive audience of your children in your home is to make bedtime significant. Yeah. And obviously this varies with the age of your child, but at bedtime, you know, uh, Hearts are open. Yeah. You know, I think that's probably the way God designed us. You know, we've lived a day of activities. We've uh-huh. had impacts from events and people. And at bedtime is the, is really the, could be the first time we're alone with our thoughts finally, right? Yeah. Within the 24 hours. And,
0: and everything is not busy. Yeah.
1: Hopefully you're in bed. Right. Quiet
0: room. So and,
1: good. you know, lots of times I think as parents, we're we're, we're frazzled, we're tired. We just want to go sit on the couch and watch TV. And there's nothing wrong with that. We right. need that time to relax. We do. But to camp out on bedtime, I think is so important, at mm-hmm. least for a significant amount of time, be it 10 or 20 minutes with our kids. To if they're little, definitely be reading Bible stories to them on their level. To be praying with them before they go to sleep. And hey, kids aren't always uh, on board with with taking the time to pray, right? So right. lots of times I'll say, "Do you want to pray?" No. Okay. And so then I so I pray, and I'm praying most of the time. But again, they're hearing the model right. right of praying with them and praying over them. I think it's really important at bedtime to pray over their thoughts. Yeah. We say most nights over them, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And sometimes I'll stop and I won't say sound mind and I'll let them say sound mind. That's part of scripture memory and meditation, right? Mm-hmm. They're hearing that over and over and over again, and that's going to get down into their heart. And someday they're going to be somewhere and maybe be struggling with something in their mind. And that verse is going to pop up because we've said it over and over in their bedtime routine.
0: Uh, I want to comment on something that came to mind in the few minutes of this last segment because I heard it in my spirit. People are listening to us that are saying, I missed it, didn't do any of that stuff, wasn't around my kids, couldn't be around my kids, Uh, didn't have a choice. And I was doing a women's seminar one time a number of years ago, and I started sharing the life notebook that we did with you. And this woman stood up in the audience, and she started wailing. And, of course, I stopped teaching. Uh, they calmed her down, and they asked her what was wrong. And she was so condemned, guilty, ashamed. Those are not of God. That's of Satan. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Start today. You, forgetting those things which are behind.
1: No matter the age, too. Exactly. They could be 18 years old Absolutely. still living at home. Start today.
0: And start praying against Uh, what you see manifested as a result of maybe not doing it this way, it's never too late. It's never too late with God. He's a restorer and a redeemer of what Satan has stolen from you. Uh, We want to talk a little bit about your teenage children. How do you help them? Uh, You know, obviously you're not going to read nursery rhymes with them before they go to bed, but I do think it is important I think two things for teenagers is to try to have a meal with them, to try to come together sometime in the day, even before you're going to bed. And that's so lost today, you know, but around the table, man, you can just really interact with those teenagers. And how are you feeling? You know, do you have any problems? Blah, blah, blah. Whatever you want to say there. And then I think uh, the biggest thing I would say with a teenager, in fact, you experienced this, is spiritual warfare. They're being bombarded by the enemy. So maybe some principles of how you can actually teach them that they have delegated authority over Satan. No weapon formed against them can prosper. He, can't, he tries to attack their dreams. He tries to exa- attack their development and their uh, sexual um, you know, drive. He tries to taint and thwart and ruin Anybody he can in any of those ways. In course, in the 21st century, we've got the prevalency of all the ways to do it, right?
1: Yeah, and he, he, want, he messes with them intellectually. Correct. With all the stuff about uh, gender confusion yep. right now and yep. uh, confusion about uh, sexual orientation and all that, that they are being bar- bombarded with by their peers and their authorities, unfortunately, in the public setting.
0: And I was talking to someone today and I was exhorting her that's having a lot of trouble with her children. I said, listen, discipleship, I said, I think by the time Lance was three, I had read about half of the books on a bibliography, uh, recommended bibliography of how to train children that I have created. And if you would like that, is that up at Inner our website?
1: It's not, but we can put it up.
0: Yeah, we'll put it up. Uh, you can go and you can go get to it.
1: totally transformed, uh, dot org slash print and we will have it up there.
0: Okay. And we have mentioned a few key books. Uh, I, You should stay ahead of your children if you can. Uh, there's nothing that hasn't been written by Christians that is your problem. And I'm just saying that there's no sense in being uh, without knowledge. Without knowledge, my people perish. And, you know, it's hard to be disciplined in that realm. But I was just exhorting her, listen, have you read my book? Have you read any of those books in the bibliography that you received a couple years ago. And it's hard. It's hard because we're busy. But, you know, parenting successfully and being married successfully is the two hardest things to do. But having babies and getting married are the two easiest things to do. But if you want to do it well, you have to study to show yourself approved, not only spending time with the Lord and in the Word, but... Great people have solved problems through seeking the Lord that you can read about. Uh, We want to say a little bit in this segment, this last segment, about Halloween, because we're coming up on it, you know, in these dates. Um, Again, this is something that, you know, I was born on October 30th. So, I mean, Halloween for me, going trick-or-treating, was part of my birthday weekend. We went trick-or-treating, and I got all this candy, and then we celebrated my birthday. My parents were pastors obviously they didn't know the uh, issues that can happen or are evident about Halloween so we just wanted to mention a few of those
1: yeah and you know there's a lot of opinions out there about Halloween and it's usually centered around well can't you just have a good time yeah do you have to uh, look at the deeper meaning of everything yeah and unfortunately especially in the Halloweens situation you really must in in my opinion. And I, and I think it's an uh, opinion based in truth because, and I was hearing the story about somebody who was a Satanist that got saved and was shocked that Christians celebrate Halloween. And it's not a an attack on fun. No. It's just that that night is a celebration of very demonic things and the hideous things that are taking place during that time. I don't want to be any part of it now. That being said, we have substitutes. Correct. Right? We don't take all the fun away. No, because our our kids love to dress up. They love to go to fall festivals. And a lot of churches around us have fall festivals that you can take advantage of with rides and games and candy. Right. Right? And so we've got to be intentional about coming up with substitutes without celebrating evil. I mean, I had... People that I know really well that are believers were talking one time about uh, a demonstration in their neighborhood of basically a chainsaw murderer. Yeah. Like like it was a, a an enjoyable Something thing to do. To and it's yeah. just I mean, that is horrible. That stuff has really happened. That's yeah. evil, you know. And so we've just got to be. And what we tell our kids because they're starting to realize our oldest is starting to realize, hey, how come everybody it seems like everybody else celebrates Halloween and we don't. Yeah. That look.
0: Well, we, we really do. We just don't celebrate it evilly. Yeah. Right. Well, we or don't celebrate Halloween. Halloween. We celebrate. We, fall, we have fun yeah, times yeah, at this at time that, of year
1: uh-huh. and it's to guard our heart. Correct. It's just to not have any open doors to the enemy Yeah. to make sure that we're not giving uh, a place Correct. for any type of demonic activity or any type of thing that's celebrated this time of year because Jesus is our number one priority and we always want him to have first place and not really give the devil an opportunity.
0: And if you think about strategies of the enemy that I've been studying now for 45 years, children are impressible, impressionable. They're wet cement. They, they don't understand. They We take our littlest children and subject them to chainsaw massacre uh, images and pictures. And we at least have to think about that and the impression, the bad dreams, guarding their hearts, guarding their minds. That type of thing, because it is, you know, um, I used to have this down pat, but All Saints Eve before Halloween was really a saint's holiday and it got all turned around. But in some of my training, if I'm talking to anybody that has been involved in satanic ritualistic abuse, it's literally uh, what is done that night is really what the Old Testament talks about sacrificing your children to Baal. And some of this stuff goes on in literally sacrificing children on the altar of Satan, um, and figuratively serving him in ways that can really bring evil
1: into your children's minds. So we're really just encouraging you today, to, encouraging you today that this time of year to find substitutes for what happens this time of year. Yep, um, and keep it fun.
0: Let's pray, Lord Jesus. I just pray this message will do more than just be a message. It'll be revelation, revelatory knowledge. We seal it to the hearts of our listeners. We pray that you'd multiply it, deepen it, lengthen it, widen it, make it clear, give interest to study it. And Lord, we pray for the children's children's children that we're training that will be part of the solution, not part of the problem. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.